Thank you for watching or listening to another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the incoming PvP changes in Destiny 2 that Luke Smith outlined in his Director's Cut. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Click the link below. I'm probably live on Twitch. Come hang out, twitch.tv slash say no to Rage. If I'm not live, follow the channel. You can also hit like and subscribe on YouTube and all the other places. That helps me out. Now, you might be wondering, Lono, why are you talking about this now? This is way late, especially audio versions get uploaded even later. YouTube be you know maybe a day or two after i record this why is it what you're getting to this late man he already did the director's cut i didn't intentionally gloss over this okay he outlined a lot of things and then there was the gamescom stream there was the reveals we saw the artifact we saw the finishers we saw all this stuff there was gamma debates etc i got distracted okay i didn't mean to gloss over all the pvp changes so this is my video this is my thoughts on the pvp changes i know people are like you don't really play pvp but they still like to probably hear my thoughts on it especially considering i think trials is coming back and they gave us an indication of that in the director's cut from luke smith so let's talk about it what's happening is first i'm just going to kind of outline the changes if you somehow miss them or just to give us good context about what we're talking about what's happening what is actually changing then i want to give you the harsh truth i think there's a harsh truth for people that are like not enough innovation where's new game modes where's new this where's new that i'm going to give you the harsh truth about why that's not happening and probably won't happen really ever uh, i'm not getting my wish or my theory i predicted we were going to be going to large-scale battles and bigger maps that's not happening so i was wrong in in one of my predictions lastly what about trials i'm going to end this video giving you my theory about trials stick around for that and i'll thank all subs at the end of the video thank you guys for subbing and gifting subs so what's happening all right first and foremost he addressed supers and heavy ammo number one super ammo uh, i'm sorry, super regeneration is going to be standardized now you're not going to be getting as much from kills people that are worried about stacking super mods you're not going to probably be able to get the same benefit from that because they're going to be capping your intellect at 100. So if you stack super mods from armor 1.0 instead of going into armor 2.0 and investing in that, you're not going to get... You're not going to be able to like grandfather in old super stacking builds. Now, they haven't said that, but Luke Smith made it clear in one of his points that intellect is capped at 100. So more than likely old mods that give you a certain super refresh will also be capped at 100 that's the entire point of what they're doing not allowing you to stack certain things so supers will be having two changes sort of made to them number one he wants to see roaming supers not be so dominant and so impossible to kill and end and number two returning super energy off of kills so they don't have so much prominence in the crucible right now he, he echoed a lot of things i've said before it's not supers that are the problem it's the rhythm with which you are killed by supers that are the problem obviously the strength of a roaming super is playing into that because you can't kill the guy or or the person playing they're going to be roaming and getting more kills with it heavy ammo is also experiencing a change they're going to make it communal heavy ammo where you're going to get less from it you're going to get less ammo from the brick and everybody can kind of gather around and get it there's also a window of time if you got some doucher on your team who just keeps grabbing it right away and not waiting for the team that's fine you have a window of time to run up and get heavy they don't want heavy to continue to dominate and i think this is their 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 idea it'll be like a moment in the game now where everybody gets heavy and it's like the wild wild west for a little bit and everybody kind of culminates around the brick so you can get like i got one time i got an entire team with a slam in destiny one and it was because they were all crowd around heavy so they're going to create a moment again in destiny that's going to be tied to heavy and people like well that seems like there's going to be more heavy maybe maybe not it might be just an intrinsic balancing move to where if everybody has heavy you don't have one or two people who just keep running around with hammerhead for what feels like forever if they're number one getting less ammo and there's way more people running around with heavy it's kind of like the wild west for you know 60 seconds or something 
They're also changing quick play and comp. Now, I want to read to you what they're doing with quick play and comp so I don't get it wrong. It's really easy to mix this stuff up. I, I do a lot of videos and read through a lot of things, and people rip me up at one side down the other on YouTube if I get one thing wrong in an entire week of videos. So they're removing quick play and competitive from the director, okay? Quick play is going to become classic mix, which will be like <clears throat> quick play is today connection based playlist and it's going to be control clash and supremacy competitive will be turning into 3v3 survival there will be a solo queue for 3v3 survival as well that will initiate that will still award you with glory they've added 6v6 control as its own playlist they just they, they, their mindset was 6v6 control as its own playlist all the time newcomers new light players that just want to boot up and quickly jump in they think that control is sort of like the pinnacle offering of just basic meat and potatoes crucible experience and they're probably right that's going to flow right into what i say about the harsh truth about why there's not a lot of innovation in other game modes there's also going to be a 6v6 and 4v4 rotator i don't know why 4v4 is still being rotated in perhaps they just want to see if anything can stick with certain game modes and certain maps as sort of like a maybe there's a combination here of 4v4 that can work because he did say that 4v4 wasn't received that well and doesn't work that well they're also going to remove underperforming maps from matchmaking as well so that's what they're doing with quick play comp 6v6 4v4 and then 3v3 elim is getting thrown into crucible labs and they want to bring it out of 3v3 elim and crucible labs they want to bring it out of there and give it a warmer home I think that's flowing into my my theory at the end here of the, of the video. So let's just give you the harsh truth. The harsh truth. People look at this, and there's, there's a natural response, I think, from a lot of Crucible folks that are like, dude, we've been waiting for forever for you guys to update Crucible, and that's all you're doing? Number one, I'm going to push back a little bit. Like, wait for sandbox updates. They haven't talked about that yet. They haven't addressed that yet. Wait and see what maps are getting yanked out of rotation, because some of the frustration is map-based. And second, the harsh truth is... There's only so much they can do with PvP, man. Like, they, there's only so much they can do. The, the, the franchise has been out for five years, okay? And the biggest pivots they, they have made, the biggest pendulum swings they've made with Crucible, like D2 Vanilla, they were terrible. D2 Vanilla was terrible, arguably terrible, maybe even provably terrible with community response and community engagement, you know, daily engaged player base. And also, anytime they've tried to innovate and add new game modes, it, it hasn't gone over that well. They don't have the best track record, all right? Trials was awful in the 4v4 meta, team shot meta, so it gets yanked out. Rift turned into spawn trap. Then you got salvage, lockdown, breakthrough, all these game modes that are basically just getting completely scrapped shortly after they're delivered. They just There's not a great track record in the history of Destiny with respect to really changing things up, really innovating and adding new game modes. And I'm not saying that to knock on Bungie. I think in general, this is true across the board whether it's Call of Duty Titanfall or Battlefield they kind of stay in their lane and that's what makes them successful and that's what makes them keep an audience you can't reinvent the wheel every freaking year with PvP so Destiny's Crucible has settled into a pretty predictable rhythm. There are certain guns and archetypes and playstyles that kind of run away and get and get traction. Some of that can be reined in with nerfs and buffs, but not necessarily. They're just going to swing the pendulum probably every couple of years anyway with what weapons dominate and what weapons don't. Okay, So I don't expect them to completely reinvent PvP every year, and I didn't expect it this time. I was telling people that I wouldn't expect big significant changes, and I would not expect PvP to be the focus in Shadowkeep, and I ended up being pretty much right on target and right. I still think there's cause for celebration with these changes and potentially really good things coming if they can get 3v3 Elim right with trials, but 
big iterations in game modes have not gone over well small iterations while collecting feedback is probably a better way forward and I know that's disappointing for people who have been waiting and waiting and waiting for changes and big things to come but you have to set your expectations in line with where Destiny's Crucible is likely to land and that's not completely far removed from where it is now so I was wrong I thought they were going to change everything just throw it all into upheaval bigger maps bigger team battles but that's not what they did okay so that's my last sort of segue into the, the final port here what about trials what is going on with Trials? I got news for you. Trials is coming back, and we have probably the most definitive proof ever that it is coming back. Luke Smith says 3v3 Elim is going into Crucible Labs to be tested before they bring it back. And then want to bring it back to a warmer home. I, he is talking very, very, you know, somewhat cryptically here, but it's it, to me, to me, it's crystal clear they intend to bring Trials back and this is how they're going to do it. They've got to do small iterations, they got to collect feedback, they got to throw 3v3 Elim on these maps with this meta, with these guns, with these supers, with these attunements, with these exotics, they got to test all those things out. Because if they want Trials to come back and not just be celebrated on the outset, yay, it's coming back, it needs to be celebrated and loved beyond that. The only way that happens is with what they're doing. This is in line with their sort of sentimentality about Crucible. Let's do smaller iterations, smaller changes. Let's not upset everything. And then that should lead to a better Crucible and a better result. Again, the line about Warmer Home, I think it's a pretty clear indication of what's going on. And with the maps and the meta, I actually think this is a really great choice. The meta shifts. The maps are still in a weird place. There are some maps that just don't seem to work for 6v6 and they honestly, I don't think it would work for 3v3 either. With the maps, the meta, the incoming changes to Armor 2.0, the potential builds that could come out of Armor 2.0 that will maybe need to be addressed and nerfed or toned down or maybe buffed or whatever, all those things, the role of heavy ammo, all those things have kind of kind of land, stabilize, get equilibrium, and then 3v3 Elim needs to kind of get its footing before they bring back Trials. So that's the silver lining, I think, for the Crucible audience is that it seems very likely the Crucible will see Trials return I would think, I would hope, maybe within six months of this testing, but maybe not. But at the very least, you know it's something that they want to do. Q&A is going to follow this video. As always, if you're listening or watching in all the other locations, I appreciate you doing that. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the incoming PvP changes announced in Luke Smith's Director's Cut Part 3. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. So click below the link to twitch.tv slash say no to rage if you want to come in and hang out with us. Uh, you're probably wondering, man, why did it take so long for Lono to talk about the PvP? It's not really my bag. It's not really my expertise. I have been playing PvP games since most people were probably not even playing games all the way back to Wolfenstein and and Doom well Wolfenstein didn't have PvP but like Doom and Quake and all of that so like I like to talk about PvP and I like that Destiny's PvP has a unique feel but it's just never been sort of my main focus but I did want to touch on the things that they talked about and I didn't intentionally gloss over that so if you're wondering why this seems kind of ill-timed after all of the advice that came out we also had a lot of Gamescom things happen so for those of you listening to this in other places or watching this and it feels like it's way way late that's kind of why that's kind of the reason why I still wanted to give my commentary on it and for the people that are like you don't ever play pvp shut up um i have three years of history of saying things that all the big guys that play pvp say so i you know i guess you can 
Shut up. <laughs> Ed to the word says, why is Bungie implementing finishing moves and armor 2.0 when they should be focusing on the PvP sandbox? Five years later, and we still have this weird place in terms of the identity of PvP. Well, I'll tell you why, because armor 2.0 and finishing moves is investing into the future identity of Destiny, and PvP ain't it. If we're honest, if we're honest, with Luke Smith at the helm and everything he talked about, everything he talked about, his director's cuts one, two, and three are a representation of the game as it exists, as well as the game as where it's going. The smallest portion of the entire director's cut and his entire commentary, the smallest portion was PvP. What did he give you? Like a four, four paragraphs? Maybe? Maybe? It's a part of the game, sure. Is it the centerpiece? No. Is it a major function of the identity of this moving forward as an action MMO game with RPG elements and more depth and breadth? No, it's not. It just is it just isn't. Now listen, I'm not saying PvP can't get into a better place and the trials can't get into a better place if they can get it right inside of the Crucible Labs, but I'm telling you right now, it's never been the centerpiece and never will be. So when they're trying to sell DLC, you don't take precedence as a crucible like a main if, if crucible's your main thing. I, I, I don't like to say this, but you just don't take precedence. If they're trying to sell DLC, if they're trying to g- move content, they move content f- with content. And and beyond that, they can't monetize maps or game modes. They can't sell it So because it fragments the player base. I had somebody get on my YouTube like, that's not true. You always cite that. That's not true. It is true. Because 343 and Respawn... And even, I believe, Call of Duty have started making all of their maps free because it fragments the player base. The minute you monetize maps or game modes, you charge money for it, you fragment the player base, and it doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. It has been the centerpiece. Trials kept Destiny alive for a time. Completely untrue and unbacked by every single fact or piece of data you can check and analyze. You only think that because of Twitch. Internally... And externally, anything that checks player-based numbers is a complete repudiation of the idea that Trials saved Destiny or kept it alive. It's always been the minority. Crucible has always had the least amount of engaged players every single day. And Trials did as well. Even at its height, Trials was not carrying the daily engagement and it was only on the weekends. What was happening the rest of the week? It just... His, that, that's been a complete myth you might as well tell me that bigfoot lives in your backyard it's a myth and it cannot be proven it can in fact be disproven and falsified by the facts about the player base numbers it's never been the centerpiece it's never been the centerpiece of a single dlc it's never been the centerpiece of any any purchase reason nobody's spending money nobody's spending money in destiny for pvp it just it has never been the case and it never will be the case because they can't monetize it. They can't say, here's a new game mode, it costs $10. Here's a new map, it's part of the new DLC. They can't do that and they won't. Maps are always free. Game mode changes, hopper changes, changes to the quick play playlist. That's all free. They don't make any money from it. So, I just, I don't know. I miss Lolling Buddha's 30-month resub and Social Vash with a brand new sub. Thank you. If, if they put trials behind the new DLC, I would 1,000% buy it, pay for it. They would never do that. They would never do that. If they put trials behind a paywall, they would frustrate people immensely. Because number one, people would say, you already yanked it out of the game once, and we paid to play the game, and then you took it out. And now you're going to make us pay to get it back? It, they would not do that. They did it in House of Wolves. It's been a long time since House of Wolves, dude. It's been a long time. 
they have been very open and honest about how they will not charge for crucible maps crucible changes even even the uh pinnacle weapons are free you know there's no way they would charge for trials not at this point absolutely not and if they did charge for trials there's a couple of things that would happen number one massive negative feedback and an outcry number two you you keep people from going into the playlist who might be like i don't want to spend any money on destiny i don't really play the strikes or the missions or the campaign i just want to play pvp and i would love to play trials and you put it behind a paywall it wouldn't work ed to the word why don't hunters have blink in d like in d2 is it just me or do warlocks and titans seems much faster than hunters when hunters are supposed to be fast and agile Hunters have engagement options with their verticality that cannot be mimicked by a Titan or a Warlock, as well as the ability to leave a lane immediately with dot with gambler, Gambler's Dodge or Shade Step. I mean, they have a utility that the other classes don't happen, have. Um, I don't think Hunters need Blink. I don't think Hunters need faster forward momentum. I don't think they need a one-hit melee. I, I don't think they need any of that. I think Hunters have utilities that the other classes don't. I... You know, Titans have shoulder charge. Warlocks have handheld supernova and rifts. And hunters have the ability to do quick hops of agility for aerial, you know, in air in air shots, as well as the ability to leave a lane instantly. Um, so, their agility doesn't always mean quick quickness. They do have agility. They have a unique form of agility in the game that. I mean, if you watch Lumi play D1, go back and watch some of the highlight reels. Was he using Blink? I, I don't remember if he used Blink, but he most often used Shade Step because that was the utility of the Hunter that became so insanely influential over the exchange of damage in, in Crucible. Uh, that's why he got the name Saint Shade Step. So I don't think I don't think Hunters need need Blink. Rain the Dark. I'm all for PvP changes, especially solo comp. But what about balancing? How should Bungie balance outliers going forward post-Shadowkeep? How do you keep the sauce without making the game unbalanced? I don't want D2 vanilla, but I don't want pre-nerf Lord of Wolves again. Uh, man, this is such a good question. This is such a good question. Nobody wants to go back to D2 vanilla. And I think if everybody was honest and took like anonymous polls... I don't know. I feel like a lot of us would be okay with things like Lord of Wolves when they're in shorter spurts. I just think this has happened for five years. We we love the thing that we hate at the same time. I don't know. I, I don't know if we can ever get to a... Well, let's imagine two extremes, right? You've got the extreme of D2 vanilla, very boring, slow TTK, and then you have like Lord of Wolves or when Prometheus Lens was like unbelievably strong. Those are like two extremes. I think there's a way to get towards the middle, but I think when we ever we get to the middle in the Crucible, there's always going to be, I think, a natural lean towards it being like a Lord of Wolves or Prometheus Lens meta. I think we're naturally going to lean in that direction. Why? I just think certain things naturally rise to the top and dominate for a while, then get toned down. I would rather be sort of in the middle, but leaning towards overpowered stuff that periodically gets put in check. I don't want to be in the middle and leaning towards the boredom of D2 vanilla PvP if you're going to make me choose between the two. I don't even play PvP, but I think a lot of people would probably agree with what I'm saying. Um, I hate Lord of Wolves and immediately pulls it out of collection for next match. 
I think some people do that. I don't necessarily think that's some like deep sense of hypocrisy. I think that's just like you got to play the meta to beat the meta. Um, but if they're going to try and go more central, like let's avoid overpowered Prometheus lens, pre-nerf Lord of Wolves. We don't want to do that, but we also don't want vanilla D2 PVP. If you're going to try and bring the pendulum closer to the center, I still want it to lean towards space magic and power because that's more in line with like destiny as a game and that means we're probably going to have this conversation for the rest of our lives as we play destiny that certain guns or certain this or certain that are just too strong or need to be nerfed it's i I don't know if we've ever not been having this discussion i think the only time we didn't have this discussion was during d2 vanilla when we were having an entirely different discussion rain the dark do you think now that Luke Smith has addressed the shortcomings of D2 Vanilla, do you think that eventually they will change the weapon system back to D1 weapon system? I feel this loadout system is restrictive for limiting certain primaries to the energy slot. You are in direct agreement with another video I put up, which I believe, I forget what it's called, like bring back elemental primaries or something to that effect. Everybody obviously misunderstands, doesn't watch the video, goes to the comments and says, we have elemental primaries, Lono. I mean, true elemental primaries like we did in D1. I mean, elemental primaries that don't suffer from the lack of crit bonus because they're not a kinetic. Um, I I would say that when if you're going to have elemental primaries in the game the way we have now, there's not enough secondary kinetic options. So it just makes more sense to, sl- to swap everything. Take your, your Uriel's... Um, is Uriel's energy? I, I, I didn't mean to say Uriel's. Take your Kindled Orchid. Take your, you know, Horror's Least. Any of those cool elemental primaries. Just slap them up. Nation to be. Slap them up in the primary slot. Give all primaries a random element. So my Warden's Law gets something. Maintain the critical multiplier that they get as a, as a primary weapon. Because you're going for crit shots. Slide all secondaries into the secondary slot. And then buff accordingly. Make fusions work properly. Snipers work properly. Make them work in line with the efficiency and the strength of a shotgun. Um, you know, that, that is the, that is the direction that I would take with it. I I think, oh, it's a step back. No, it's not a step back. It's far simpler and makes way more sense. And then weapons fall in the appropriate lanes. It's just weird to have this, this monsoon of energy, of energy weapons that are primaries. And there's like a couple of kinetic secondaries and they're arguably a lot of them, not even that great. You, you, You basically just go with the threat level. It's generally what most people end up doing or the mountaintop you know I love your content I don't see this kind of di- uh, in-depth viewer engagement like you have great stuff thank you so if you guys are enjoying the show remember click and follow is free and easy it's the heart button and it helps support the channel I uh, appreciate you guys being here and contributing to the conversation and the Q&A Dagnabbit Ben do you think Destiny would severely benefit from larger maps example if the EAZ became a large map for 6v6 or even more my theory has been pretty much shot the sunshine. Like, I don't think they're going to do what I thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to say, we really want to crank up the space magic. We really want to keep elemental and power weapons and supers as like a pretty strong presence in the game. And I thought they were going to essentially say, let's swing the pendulum in the other direction. So D2 was all about D2 vanilla PvP was all about small choke point heavy maps. It was all about team shotting. It was all about gunplay. Uh, I thought they were gonna just just Bungie's just their 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 sort of their habit is to always go in the opposite direction of where they've been. And I thought, oh, you know what they're probably gonna do? They're probably gonna go bigger maps, bigger team battles. So then 
if you're trying to use your super or your heavy, the rhythm of those supers and heavies are, are, are limited. And then the universal strength of hand cannons and shotguns wouldn't be as universal on bigger maps. They would still be viable, but you'd have to play in a very specific way, and you'd have to try to stick to certain lanes in certain parts of the map. If you wanted to use scouts and snipers and, and things of that nature, the more long lanes would actually have some viability, and if you wanted to flank those lanes, you know, really, really good big map design. I thought that's where things were going to go as like a giant pivot away from D2 vanilla 4v4 small maps choke point heavy lane heavy just everyone's either team shotting with pulses on the lane heavy maps or everyone's being aggressive with shoulder charge shotguns and hand cannons and it's just very it's very much same same old same old every every single you know map and i'm getting killed by hammerhead and supers at a ridiculous rhythm my prediction was completely and 100% wrong. It is clear they're not doing what I thought they were going to do. They're going to be scrapping some of the maps that don't play as well. They're going to be putting 3v3 Elim into, into, into a test chamber so we can test it out with them in Crucible Labs. And they're changing competitive to a 3v3 survival playlist. And they're changing Crucible to mostly 6v6, a 6v6 control, a, uh, a classic playlist, and then a rotator on 6v6, 4v4 with different modes and maps. I mean, it just, they clearly did not go where I thought they were going to take it. So sometimes, you know, you, I shoot a lot of shots. You know, I take a lot of, I take a lot of predictive shots. Sometimes you completely miss, and I, I whiffed. I, I was 100% wrong about where I thought they were going to want to take Crucible. And to a certain extent, I hope, I still hope they eventually get Crucible right. I still hope they eventually land the plane, because I don't think there's any game that looks and feels like Destiny with respect to gunplay, and it'd be a shame if they couldn't finally one day get it right. Um, I just think it, it's always going to be difficult to have... I want to watch somebody at Crafty's level use a hand cannon and a sniper or a hand cannon and a shotgun. I want to watch somebody at Crafty or Lumi's level and I want to see them slay out and hit the hit all those crispy shots. But that's not all I want to see in Crucible. I, I still want to see supers and grenades and exotics and and things that change the flow of battle. Like it's that's that's destiny. It's a very, very difficult thing to straddle. Amazing gunplay really, really satisfying gunplay, but also it's a game full of space magic. So it's like how do you how do those two things coexist in a crucible that is representative of a game going toward more action MMO RPG influence and genre? I, I honestly don't know, but that's why I said if the pendulum's going to swing, swing it toward the middle. But still, we need to trend toward power and magic. Z speed has it been said if the D if the two D one maps are in the cru- only in crucible labs? I don't think they're only in the crucible labs. I just think those maps are returning. Uh, the it, it's Twilight Gap and Widow's Court. I, I, I'm fairly certain there's just returning maps. Defied to none. Should PvE and PvP have two separate entities as far as uh, damage, output, loadouts, and so on? I mean, they've been tweaking them more individually lately when they make changes to weapons. It's not as easy as you might think, but they've definitely been more willing to visit certain items and certain things in the game and only make the changes on one side they have been they have been doing that more i think than ever before one of the only times i remember them doing that in d1 is when they did something to shotguns because i remember my sword breaker getting stronger they made shotguns stronger in pve i i think there was like one time that they did a a a patch and an update where they made changes to weapons just in pve i remember running my sword breaker it was a Void shoddy, and I would run it in Challenge of Elders, and I loved when Voidburn was on against the Vex, because there was Void Shields in there, and you could, like, two-tap 
the Minotaurs with that thing. It was really, really late when they did that because they man, they murdered shotguns in PVE and they did that change and then shotguns were very dominant in PVE for the rest of D1 because we had that buff around the time that we were doing Challenge of Elders. Rise of Iron landed and eventually people started using the the Stolen Will shotgun and I used the Occam's Razor. Stolen Will, they were the same archetype. Um, they had the rapid fire and then there was a there was one from Iron Banner that was also the same rapid fire so people really like the rapid fire shotguns because you could really you could really um, gut bust that was the, that laid the groundwork honestly for Ikelos shotgun what we did in Wrath of Wrath of the Machine with Occam's Razor kind of laid the groundwork f- groundwork for barrel stuffing in PvE um Barrel stuffing in PvP was like not a thing. PvE, I'm sorry. Barrel stuffing in PvE was like not a thing until Wrath. And once we did it with Wrath, it was like, wow, this is so effective for mid-tier shielded and majors. And then D2 comes out. We really didn't have that option because they, they put shotguns in the heavy slot. But then Ikelos came out and was like, this thing is absurd. Uh, and then... They really took over in Forsaken because you had they had Ikelos now in the energy slot in, in addition to the Badlander. It was and the Badlander was dropping like crazy during the campaign. I felt like during Forsaken's campaign. So like barrel stuffing with rapid fire shotguns became significantly prominent in PVE, and that's kind of the story and the history of that. So and that was one of the first times they ever made a PVE change and they didn't do anything to PvP. So I agree, having them as separate entities is good, and they've been doing that more and more. Uh, as of late. They've done it more, I would say, in the last six to eight months than they've ever done it in the history of the franchise. FAL the one. What is your ideal weapons 2.0? Do you want it to be like armor 2.0 where you farm for the mods or something else? Man, this is a tough question. This is a tough question because whenever I look at weapons and I imagine somebody doing like a okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wanna Okay, you level the weapon up, and you put all the perks on it that you want. I, that that immediately I recoil from that. I think there's just something different about weapons and weapon farming. So I would think if you're gonna do something with weapons, what I would do is have the base roll. Okay, the base roll because the base roll is basically like the stat roll on armor. You have the base roll, and then you can level the gun up and then add another perk and those would be in a completely different ball field than the mods we have now you and then so then you'd have an extra perk slot assigned just for leveling the weapon all the way up so again this is a capstone on top of a, a great rolled weapon just like what we're doing with the with the armor like a really good stat roll and then your capstone is here's all the perks that I want on the armor I don't want to craft weapons. I don't think that belongs in Destiny. I feel like with armor, there's six stats that can roll random, and then you add perks on top. I think that's a great marriage between those two systems of grinding for a god roll, grinding for stat rolls. You you bring that to guns, and I just really, really worry what that would look like long term. Because if you give me a one-to-one system where all I got to do is get the gun to drop and then I invest in it, level it up. Once I get certain mods, I'm like, here we go. Out, uh, here we go. Feeding Frenzy and Rampage and da 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 Plug, 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 plug. God, roll hand cannon. Mm. I, that makes me uneasy. I think that really, really kills one of the greatest value points of Destiny 
And Luke Smith touched on that in Director's Cut Part 2, where he said they really want to continue to give us intentionality while maintaining a loot grind that you're chasing. He even used, like, chasing the best role or pursuing the best role, something like that. So, targeted grinds are good. I think Menagerie was probably the best iteration of it. Oh, you want that gun? Put in the right configuration, and you can pick the masterwork. You, once you go beyond that, I just think it starts to get really, really dangerous. Uh, because you turned it into uh, not a loot pursuit game, but like almost like a material farm. You're just getting the gun and then investing in it to give it the absolute best thing. Best stuff. I don't know. Targeted grinds are addicting. Uh, weapon, weapon crafting, I just don't think has the right appeal. So, what's good, Swoley? Brap Life. Hey, Lono, how do you feel about Crucible having a set of gear you can upgrade based on Valor and Glory reset? Example, on the first reset, you unlock a set of gear, and for the hardcore PvP, on the second reset, the gear upgrades to a different, more cool look, and maybe on the last upgrade, you unlock the mod slot, specifically for PvP or something along those lines. You're you're describing something that I think could be done in a different way. I've talked about seasonal rank mattering with an NPC and I think what you've outlined would be a good way of doing it with Crucible. So if you want to roll over your rank with Shaxx and you do that the third time you do it, you know what I'm saying? You could get something cool. Um, also, just ornaments. Because you could basically say like we, we've seen the D, we've seen the D2 year one armor, okay? So if, if, if the D2 year one armor is back in Shaxx's inventory and you reset your rank like a second time that season, it'd be cool if he was like, hey, you know, congratulations, you just hit rank whatever. Here's an entire ornament set that can be applied to that armor. Go into like the, you go into the, um, the appearance tab and that that ornament sets there and maybe you could even apply that ornament set to any armor piece you want you just literally unlock it as like an ornamental set of crucible so it's just it's down there with all those other ornaments when you go into the appearance tab i think seasonal rank with npcs to go for things like that is a great way to reward those hardcore grinders maybe once you've gotten your god roll maybe once you've gotten the roll on armor that you want that's kind of like that oh i'm almost to such and such a rank or oh if i roll over just one more time i get this thing you you're giving an in-game advantage to somebody on their armor because they upgrade and unlock a mod slot or something specific to pvp because they played more I'm always really, really gun shy to do that. I don't, I just, there's something about, there is just something about giving people who play more an advantage in Crucible. I don't know. I just always recoil. I'm like, ooh, that could get kind of touchy. It would have to be, do you remember the difference between Trials gear from Bounties and Trials gear from the Lighthouse? You had like the Adept versions it would have to be low-key like that. Almost more of a cosmetic reward and a, mo- a marginal in-game reward. You know, very marginal. You gotta be so, so careful because you turn it into a rich-get-richer as somebody in chat is saying. It's just, oh, you played more, here's here's better stuff. Um, I don't know. And I know people are like, well, anybody could get it, though. They could all grind and get it. I... I think that you'd have to be it had to be pretty understated and maybe even more cosmetically driven, more vanity driven, which is again where I think seasonal rank with NPCs could play a huge role in that. 
DJ May 88. Guns and armor missions so far have forced player uh, PVEers into modes they don't like. But on the other side, Bungie wants to get people into those other modes. Do you think there is a fair and better way to get strictly PVE players into the other modes like Gambit and PvP without forcing the player's hand? Yeah, do you want to know how you drive organic engagement as opposed to coerced engagement? It's real simple, okay? It's real, real simple. Did you ever see a PvP player grinding for a certain role on the Blast Furnace or on the Kindled Orchid? Everybody right now is probably nodding their head. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw people doing that. A friend of mine doing that. Okay, you have a friend, maybe a streamer, somebody you know that primarily plays PvP, but they were grinding for a blast furnace, or they were grinding for a god roll kindled orchid. Okay, why were they doing that? One word, and we all know and love this word because I use it all the time. Intentionality. Yeah, mindbender shotgun is another one. Intentionality. The intentionality draws them in in an organic way. It's like, oh, well, if I want to get this set done or this quest done, I got to go play 10 games of Crucible. That ain't the same. That is totally, totally different than saying, if you came to me, okay, and you said, hey, Lono, we know you hate Gambit, but did you see, dude, did you see this fusion rifle that they put in Gambit? Did you see the rolls that can get on it? It's freaking nuts and all you got to do is grab a bounty from drifter and you're going to be getting a chance it's you know you can complete you can complete the bounty in like one game you play one game and the thing drops you just grind all day try to get the try to get the gun right i would go into reckoning gambit or crucible if there was an intentional loot grind because whenever it was like that in Iron Banner, I didn't mind playing Iron Banner in D1 because if I got absolutely trounced and lost, I didn't care. That doesn't mean you go in and throw and just oh, we're just completing the bony. It had to be reasonable. Like you got to like actually maybe do something in the spirit of the game. It doesn't even have to be one game. It could be three. Every three games you get this drop. I would three seems high for Gambit. Maybe it's because I have a natural aversion to it. Three seems high. I would say two Crucible games, two Gambit games. We're gonna give you this thing, because that's 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 easily twenty to twenty five minutes. Two games is easily easily twenty to twenty five minutes, which is roughly what the Forge grind was. By the time you did it, went to the Forges, did it, went back to the tower. You know, it was a 20, 20 minute grind to get a drop. I, I would say keep it in that lane. Every twenty minutes, I should be seeing the thing drop. Oh, that's too many. People will stop playing when they get god rolls. That is absolutely false. Generous lanes get generous interaction. The more generous the lane, the more people interact with it. It happened with Menagerie. It happened with the Forges. It's it's why everybody hated Reckoning. They're like, where's the intentionality? So, if you did that, I would play Crucible if I knew this gun is awesome. It's got a unique curated roll that can drop. It's a it's a dope gun. It's it's super super strong. You know, and I would go into I would go into content like the Crucible of my own volition. I am choosing to do it. I'm not like, wait, what? I I got the, the only way to level up is to get powerfuls, and I gotta go into Crucible and Gambit to get powerfuls, and I might not even get the powerful I need, so I could spend five matches in Crucible and get a ki- and get a kinetic weapon when I don't need a kinetic weapon. I mean, you talk about making somebody want to break their freaking controller. I got home on a Friday. I had two hours to play. It took almost the entire two-hour play session to get through five games of Crucible. 
And instead of getting the boots that I needed, I got another powerful weapon, and it didn't level me up. Thanks. Let me shut the game down and feel so satisfied after my play session. That's why it doesn't work. But when you go into Crucible and you know every two games, this shotgun's dropping, and I really want XYZ roll, that whole night, that whole night, that shotgun's dropping, and you're checking the rolls, you're checking the rolls, you're checking the rolls. Now listen, you hit a point of exhaustion. That is true. Tenantius, thank you for 32 months. But I'm going to make a parallel to No Man's Sky. I started giving criticism to No Man's Sky and saying, if I could do a deep space scan and look at paradise planets all day, then I could be critical and make a decision and informed as a player to say, here's here's a paradise planet that I do like and don't like. And I would feel like even if I spent three hours and didn't find a paradise planet that I liked, no shade to Mr. Picky Goth, but (laughs) he won't pick a planet, right? And I understand his pain because I was going through the same thing. He won't pick a planet. Same thing with weapons. If I'm getting a rhythm, a rhythmic delivery of the weapon all day, even if I don't get the role that I want, I feel that my time was respected because I was getting chances. I was, I'm getting chances at the weapon. When I just have to go into Crucible for 10 games, or I just have to go into Gambit for 10 games, just some number, the, the, the value transmission is just, there, there's no value transmission. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm counting down. Oh, it's almost over. It's almost a couple more games, couple more games instead of what was the role? What was the role? What was the role? When I would play Iron Banner, when they had the clever dragon, it was the same way. Ooh, a clever dragon dropped. Oh my gosh. Check the role. Check the role. Check the role. What is it? What is it? What is it? It didn't matter if I was getting trounced by the other team. If I was getting trounced by the other team, I was like, oh, well, we're getting wiped. Oh, that's just a faster, faster road to the end of the match. And then I'll get a chance at the weapon again. It was easier to take the losses. It was less salt-inducing. Again, you don't want people going in and AFKing and throwing. I, I think there needs to be protections in place for that. I would put marginal expectations on the bounty. Like, imagine if the bounty said, you're going to get this weapon every 10 kills. You better freaking believe people are going to Crucible and they're actually trying to get kills. Well, they would get 10 and they would AFK. Well, by the time the most mediocre to above average to below average player lands 10 kills in Crucible, the match is probably close to ending anyway. Bank 25 moats. I mean, that's reasonable. You could get that done in one game, and at the very least, you're going and shooting ads and banking moats. So if you got a three-piece or a duo on your team that's really going for it, you're at the very least in the lane of the spirit of the moat. So the bounties themselves could be very like, very low demand, but at least keep people in the lane in the spirit of the game mode they're going into. Requiring specific actions within the modes, not just the modes themselves. Exactly. Keep them within the spirit, but don't make it absurd. Like, if it's like bank 75 moats, I'm going to be like, homie, if I have a couple of bad games, I'm never going to get this weapon to drop. If you make it reasonable enough, I think a lot of people will be like, ah, it's faster just to play. It's faster just to play. I'll bank my moats and just keep going. You know, you're de- you're de-incentivizing the AFK laissez-faire I'm going to throw, and you're incentivizing engagement in the spirit of the mode, and you're doing it with loot. You're doing it with loot. If they do invader kill, people will start throwing, though. Well, right, right, because you get your invader kill, and then you would just stop. Um, Breaknik was horrible, and I loved Gambit before that grind. Now I hate it. 
that's my answer for it i just think there is a giant difference between saying you got to go run 10 games of crucible and saying here's a bounty with a tangible reward every so many crucible games as long as you do these certain things which are very reasonable and easy to do there's a difference between saying doing this and you get a reward at a rhythm and do this and it's going to be pain because you're literally just waiting for the 10 games to be over it's just a giant difference it's a giant difference Macintosh, we know from the TWAB that we are getting a PvP reveal this week along with an invitation to the Crucible at PAX. What do you think they could do to have in the reveal after it was already said during the uh, director's cut being mostly quality of life changes? Um, They did a stream a while ago where they wanted to show off like buffs and changes to weapons and archetypes and stuff. I remember that. I think that was a stream for Forsaken where they showed how strong auto rifles were. And there was a couple other things that they were doing. And I think that what they could do at PAX is they could say, we're going to want to put on display what the new hoppers look like. You know, really, because they're going to want to reinforce, right? They're really going to want to reinforce where, like, what's going on with quick play and competitive. Because there's a ton, and I mean a ton of people who do not read the blog and they did not read Luke Smith's director's cut. Okay. There's a lot of people that didn't read that. Not everybody's hardcore on Twitch. Lono, it's live. Read it to us. Yes. Oh, I love this. You are in the minority if that's the way you engage with it. You're also in the minority if you got home from work, propped your feet up and read through it or, you know, on your lunch break or whatever. The people that are that dead dedicated in reading the blog posts and reading what Luke Smith wrote, you're the minority in the player base, so they're going to want to put that on display. These are the changes you can expect in Shadowkeep, quick play and competitive. They're going to reinforce that. They're going to put that on display. They're probably going to put on display the power weapon changes as far as how the ammo works. Here's how it works. Here's how close you have to be. Here's how much time you have to get it. Uh, and we're going to show you a match. We're going to, we think this match is really going to show you the flow of the game changing with respect to how strong supers are, how much power ammo is showing up, and they'll probably just show off a game of control or something like that. Um, cause you also have to consider the packs, like they're going to do a thing at packs an invitation to the crucible, blah, blah, blah. They're not just talking to you anymore. People, they're not just talking to you anymore in a month. New light drops. And they want people on the outside looking in saying, that PvP looks pretty fun. That PvP looks pretty accessible. I could get into that. Because I'm telling you what, established franchises, it's really, really hard to get people to come in and play. Really, really hard. It's because it's, there's an established meta, there's established people, they know what they're doing, they know the maps, they know what you know what guns to use. So... Death Starfish, what character or subclass are you most excited to play when Shadowkeep drops? Well, they made a bunch of changes to Void classes, so I want to see if like a Titan Bubble could be a really viable build again. Wolf, uh, Wolffang, I know this is an old thing to ask, but does not forgotten make Luna's Howl redundant? Well, it, I, it, it doesn't make it redundant. It's 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 you're chasing something beyond the initial reward for the really really extra hardcore player. I don't think it. I mean, I. It obviously makes it redundant because you're you're going after an upgraded version. So, but you don't have to go for it. Luna's was a completely viable weapon, a very strong weapon pre-nerf. It was actually really strong in PvE pre-nerf because the crit got the multiplier. Uh, NBD, or it got the buff, I mean. NBD reverse. I haven't played D2 in a while. Uh, are they nerfing PvP? I, that's not a question I can answer. That doesn't even make any sense. I outlined the changes in the talk. They're making a bunch of changes to the way 
the the hoppers were a quick play in the rest light leap do you think a further TTK reduction of primaries would be beneficial? It would reduce the effect uh, the effectivity of supers and heavy passively. Woo! You're, you're a brave soul. It would also make play more casual, which Destiny PvP in general is anyway. Um, I I I think the time to kill is 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 pretty good. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's perfect, but I don't think making it shorter than it is now would help. Um. Uh, <laughs> you, pulse rifles, recluse, and hand cannons kill—they uh, kill pretty efficiently and pretty quickly in the right hands. And if you lowered the time to kill, if you made people die faster than they do now, I would really, really worry you would just turn it into an absolute spray meta. It would be pulse rifles everywhere, blip, blip, dead, blip, blip, just nick, nick, just teeny little nicks of the bullets. They just need to nick you. They just need to like barely tap you. I I don't know. Also, you got to consider beyond recluse. If you lower the time to kill too much, any submachine gun, any auto rifle would be made viable and it would just become like a spray, a mindless quick twitch spray meta of just thoughtless. Just, I don't know. That's risky. That's risky. I don't think I'm, I'm able to make the case like very strong with math. But I would think even the high-end players that really get, dig in and analyze the number, like Triple Wreck and stuff, would look at Time to Kill and be like, you don't want to make Time to Kill any faster than it is now. You might even want to consider making Time to Kill a little less fast for certain builds like Mountaintop Recluse. Triple does not like Mountaintop Recluse. I mean, he he called it abuse in a tweet. He said somebody was abusing Mountaintop Recluse. Like, he has strong opinions about that combination. So I don't even think somebody at his level would be like, yeah, yeah, make time to kill faster. I think time to kill that's too fast to react to just really, really changes the flow of battle significantly. And I think, the, you know, the, the, the loathed and hated dad rifles, pulse rifles, would take over. I am Skolos. Do you think it's possible we get a season involving Osiris given the story reason to bring Trials back? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Because they could... I would think maybe they would just base Trials off of Mercury. And they want to give it a warmer climate. I mean, you got Brother Vance there. You got the... It's like real... It's always real sunny and bright and hot. It seems like it's hot. Um, You'd base it off of there maybe and... That there could be a secret room that you could get into underneath where he is if you go flawless. I don't know. Um, so, uh, as far as I mean, I could see the forge coming back. We actually looked at some of the weapons that were theorizing are raid weapons, or they could be some form of like a forging method because it says on the one uh, if you go to bungee.net slash shadowkeep, it says we're going to be forging weapons in ways of, that are old and new. And a bunch of the screenshots of those weapons, they're like replicas of weapons from the Osiris Forge with grass and stuff all over them. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I would think that they're they're going to be they're probably going to be utilizing that forge again, or maybe just that maybe just that weapon pool. The Hunt 97. Crucible has always had one or two weapons to be on top, and 90% of the time, what you get killed by. What do you think they need to do to balance the playing field? I know people are going to use whatever is best, but at some point, it would be great if a few things were on top, then you use that 
ever you killed the most map dependent I, you I, you had a stroke at the end of that um th- i would say you're always going to have people that buy a game and the number one search term for call of duty after it launches is call of duty let's say it's call of duty 9 call of duty 9 best weapon call of duty 9 best weapon is like the most the most searched term on youtube for call of duty after it launches because that's exactly what everybody's looking for they're all looking for that the be- the the absolute best weapon what has the best time to kill and when you go into a game like call of duty there's no way for them to make every weapon viable if they offer you six smgs there's going to be two of them that 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 outshine the others their range and stability and reload speed are going to weigh in there you could have something that's insanely fast fire rate and so it's bouncing all over the place you could have something that shoots too slow even though it's more accurate you know but then you find that sweet spot, right? There was a there was the PP the PP ninety. It wasn't a P ninety. There was the PP ninety in MW three or Ghost. It looked it looked like a pop can on the front end of it whenever you reloaded it. That gun was like the best gun in that Call of Duty. You put something on it for stabilization and reload, and a little red dot, and the thing would just melt. Somebody comes around the corner, hip fire. See somebody down range, aim down sight. Like, so I would think that. There's not really a way to make every weapon viable. How do you make how do you make a um how do you make an auto rifle viable? Well, you'd have to give it a I don't know, maybe an absurd crit multiplier so somebody's shooting really really accurately with it, it absolutely melts. But if you do that, then you got to keep its time to kill within the same sort of time to kill as other weapons and that gets really hard and here's why. If I am shooting you with an auto rifle and I'm going bing, 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 and I'm hitting those headshots, you're, there's, a, there's a delivery of damage there that makes it easier for the player to know it's time to bail. So they see their health dink, 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 going down. It's easier to dictate when is the moment I get... Now, I gotta, I gotta run away. I'm gonna lose this fight. Rhythmic delivery of damage tends to work a little bit better. Bam, 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 bam. It's, ooh, I got hit, ooh, I got hit, ooh, I got hit. You're not as in tune with the time to kill. The time to kill is not communicating with you as directly as when you're getting shot by an auto rifle. That's why people tend to hold lanes when they're using a pulse rifle or a a hand cannon. And a really good player then is bam, 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 got him. That person struggles, the person getting shot struggles to know, I'm on death's doorstep, I need to get out of here, because it's literally just a toot, that those first two, tap, tap, I gotta go, dead. With an auto rifle, it's like, it's like they see their health get to the halfway mark, and they're like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta run. So I don't know, I just don't know how you could ever make auto rifles viable in a game where you can have really, really precise weapons like a hand cannon that deliver damage in that, that that rhythmic way same with pulse rifles if you're using an auto rifle and i'm using a pulse rifle and we're mid-range you're gonna freaking struggle to beat me because i'm just blit, blit. i need one more but you're dead and you're like and i'm like like there i don't even know it's like it this isn't like time to show off sound effects but i think you get the point i don't know if you're ever going to get to a place in a game like destiny where you can make every weapon archetype viable Unfortunately, you could have auto rifles cause more flinch. I have I don't know. I don't know. That just sounds that sounds awful to me. Everybody running around with auto rifles and if I get shot by one I flinch like crazy. I I don't know. That doesn't sound good. Um 
Weapon Rage needs totally reconfigured. Pulses, outranging scouts. Yeah, I mean... Pulse rifles are just so sticky. The bullets just seem to stick to their head. You you just throw the rounds out there, and it's like the bullets just... They just, they just stick to the person's head. They're so magnetic. It's wild. I was shooting trash ads with a pulse the other day, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, I cannot believe that at this range I'm landing crits on those trash ads. It's just grabbing the heads. It's unbelievable. Quick and deadly, do you think Bungie would have any motivation whatsoever to make a BR-style Destiny PvP mode in the future? I think it would do really well personally. Want to know your thoughts. Oh, man, chat. The the oft-asked question, should they do a BR? I'm going to rattle off a bunch of reasons why it would be terrible. You ready? Oversaturated market. Arena-style shooter wouldn't translate into a BR very well at all. Uh, It would be completely grading against the identity of Destiny up to this point. Uh, You have a pretty strong swath of Halo players in here that would likely hate that rhythm uh, rhythm change and execution change. And they would need to completely overhaul brand new engine, brand new servers, invest tons, tons of development time in testing and building and switching the engine and switching to dedicated servers to enter an unbelievable competitive, super-saturated landscape. Nobody in their right mind looking at looking at risk-averse business strategies, what's a surefire thing we can do going forward? We, we only have so much man-hours. We only have so much money in the budget. What can we do? A BR would be insanely risky. BRs are like restaurants now. They open and close left and right. It's the hardest business it seems to be get to get into. There's BRs around every corner. Look how look how fast the chosen have fallen. Look at Apex Legends. E- even if you ignore the loot box fiasco, that game was praised Fortnite killer, it's amazing, it's so great, and as soon as there wasn't a reason to grind, people turned on that game. This game sucks. These developers suck. I'm not playing this game anymore. Even before the loot boxes, even before the loot boxes, BR games and the demand of players is just unreal. And if you want to step on that landscape, holy freaking moly, it would be really really hard really hard I still think I still think the absolute killer the next iteration of BR that will become huge and rival Apex would be a game that could get the mix of MOBA and BR right the mix of like Apex is so close the shooting mechanics are there they got passive actives ultimates they've got you know they got the three man they got the squad like they they were so close to bringing MOBA influence into a BR in a really really good way and then they they didn't have a reason to grind and play and no ranking you know and people just lose interest and it's sad because Respawn made an amazing game and their shooting mechanics are only outdone probably by by the shooting mechanics in Destiny as far as how guns feel. Thank you Chevy for 15 months. Welcome back. Um Yeah, and then every time you do a free to play game, people just cheat like crazy cuz there's no entry fee. Like the no entry fee, the 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 easy entry point is as much as an angel as it is a devil because it lets everybody in. So like you let in everybody. Oh, it's super popular. It's super easy to play and then you and then you also let in people that there's no consequence to cheating. They can just make another account. 
uh, it's super super hard to stay in front of it. Um, I would just I would just ghost I would just ghost ban all cheaters. Just ghost ban them so they don't make new accounts. You just keep putting them into into uh, servers where there's only cheaters. You just sequester them, um, and I would keep a lot of them busy for a while, and it would trick a lot of them. <clears throat> MOBA is a massive online what multiplayer online battle arena, right? Multiplayer online battle arena. That's what a MOBA stands for, and you see it in games like Smite and Dota and League of Legends. And there, it's a popular game style. And if you could take that and inject that into a BR, and it was a spectacle and it was fun to watch, that game would take off. That game would take off. Realm Royale was close, but it looked too much like Fortnite. I think that actually hurt it. I think looking like Fortnite hurt it. Um, and it just it just didn't get traction. So, somebody can pull it off. I think somebody can pull it off. A lot of the games that have tried to pull it off have failed. But I think somebody could pull it off. Somebody put Blizzard in chat, like Overwatch 2. I'm telling you, if somebody could pull it off, it probably would be Blizzard, honestly. Alex Mike. Are they going to have two different heavy locations like in D1? If not, I would think having one person with three truth rockets would be better than six people with one truth rocket. Well, the amount of people that grab it don't dictate what you get. No matter what, you're getting less in the brick. You're getting less. Even if everybody stands away and says, you go ahead, man, you grab the heavy, you're still getting less. It has nothing to do with how many people grab it. Ashen Hollow. How much of the failure of the new game modes do you feel is because of the maps? Also, do those game modes even have traction in a game where you have multiple I win buttons? Heavy, supers, shoulder charge. I I feel like you're connecting dots that aren't connected. Um, You know, the new game modes, do they fail because of maps? I don't know. I mean, they threw Rift onto existing maps. I, they, they threw Salvage onto existing maps. I blame the maps. I mean, every time a game mode comes out, you got to create an entire map pool for it. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I would think you'd be able to take a good game mode and put it into maps, and it would just work. That's why you can have. <clears throat> excuse me. That's why you can have control. That's why you can have those other game modes and just throw them on different maps. Now, some maps control doesn't work as well on because there's such a central location. Everybody just spams it with grenades. That happens in Call of Duty. That happens in Call of Duty as well. Now, as far as them not getting traction because you have multiple I win buttons like heavy supers and shoulder charge. Again, I don't know if you're connecting things that are directly related. Yeah, Rift sucked or Salvage sucked because because of supers heavy and shoulder charge. No. Rift sucked for its own reasons. Great on paper, fun for a while, and then everybody just spawn trapped. Um, Salvage. Cool concept, cool idea. Everybody played it the wrong way because it was actually better to not... It was actually better better to not cap the point. Um, it was a stupid... <laughs> it was just a stupid oversight, right? That's So Salvage and Rift weren't bad because of maps or, the, or, or heavies or supers or shoulder charge. That's not it. That's just, that's not, that is not the reasoning that I would use. I would look at those game modes and say they were bad because of their own intrinsic failures. Uh, Salvage without capping was just a long skirmish game. Yeah, that's what it turned into. Nobody would cap. Um, McCheshire. Bungie have still placed uh, a date for PvP reveal within the next week. What could be announced? I already answered this. I think they're just going to go to PAX and be like, Here's a game with the new rules. Here's some of the things we're doing to the game that's different because not a lot of people read the TWAB or read Luke Smith's stuff. 
Uh, Ethian, given our current knowledge of 2.0 armor and finishers, there's a potential for a variety of builds, such as you pr- your proposed knife trick heavy ammo build. I call it Genji Jolly Rancher. <laughs> However, builds such as that are still in competition against things such as Riggs Tether. In your opinion, what factors could be present in upcoming encounters to warrant breaking current meta outside of raids? Would there be a need for such builds? Yeah, there would. Number one, I think rigs, Phoenix, rigs, Phoenix, Skull, Shards, uh, and Ursa should all be changed to do something different. Just change what they do. Don't give back super energy anymore. Completely change their role in the game. I, I think that needs to happen. Number one. I, why are you taking our toys away, Lono? You're so mean. I, I just, I don't think you can have exotics in the game that give back super energy because what what ends up happening? You just nerf shards and skull into oblivion and now they're worthless. Wouldn't you rather have them retooled to do something else that might be in line with armor 2.0 and some builds that you could come up with? Um, You need to get rid of bad juju too then? Well, bad juju has a natural a natural balance. Because when you put on the bad juju, you can't put on any exotic heavies. You can't put on any other exotic secondaries. I mean, because there's places, I think, right now where you could really enjoy using Telesto and Coldheart. Um, and then there's exotics. There's just other exotic primaries, like Outbreak, uh, Ace of Spades and stuff. So, like, I think when you put on... If, you, if everybody just pivots to using the bad juju... I think that's a little less likely just because people are like, well, yeah, I can figure out other ways of getting getting my super back. So I would think those exotics are going to get changed. In addition to, this is another thing I was talking about with my, if you're familiar with my knife trick, you know, heavy ammo build, which I call Genji Jolly Rancher, because I'm going to be Genji and I'm going to be throwing knife trick. Hands-on on my mark is going to feed me super energy. I'm going to have my super energy intellect as high as it'll go and melee as high as it'll go. So I can basically always have knives and always be getting super energy. If that's happening, well then, I'm constantly generating super and feeding heavy to my whole team. And the reason that I might want that is because there could easily be new boss encounters where I'm not actually just d- counting on Luna Faction's well and emptying my heavy. There would be damage phases and damage cycles. So, and I know if you're if you're in Redeem or a fan of Redeem or you're just a fan of watching Melts in general, if you liked watching us one phase Axis, that mentality is awesome. Let's beat it as fast as we can. Let's come up with the craziest strategy. But I would think you'd need to push back against the one phase. There's got to be a way to push back against the one phase. The melt. And if you push back against the one phase, and I'm not talking with like in immunity barriers and stuff like that. I'm not talking about like just cheating the player. Whether it's a mixture of like the Oryx fight and the Axis fight where there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of mechanics that maybe you can't one phase. And then the rhythm and the delivery of that heavy ammo is super important in that environment. We need heavy ammo back. We just use it all in that phase. And he's not dead yet. <clears throat> now again, you might say, oh, but you're legislating to the extreme, Lono. You're going to build encounters for people who won phase. Not necessarily. The Oryx fight is not... You can't one phase it, okay? You can't one phase it. 
And I don't feel like the Oryx fight is built for hardcore speedrunner teams. Like, they're not trying to trip up the speedrunners with the Oryx fight. The Oryx fight's just designed in such a way that you don't just go in, oh, it's damage phase time, everybody come stand here and empty your heavy. It, you literally can't. Like, it's just, it's set up to where you can't. So, I think allow the Oryx fight to influence some fights, allow the Axis fight to influence some fights, a lot of movement, a lot of phases. It's unlikely you're going to one phase, or maybe it's impossible. So then you're going to need that consistent ammo to show up. So you're not going to be so focused on Rig's Tether. You might be focused on Jolly Rancher Knife Trick because you want to make as much heavy ammo as you can for your team and you want to keep that going. Just a theory, but I think that's how they could potentially pull it off. Uh, M. Robs uh, or Mr. OBS, I'm not sure. Uh, I have just gotten back into D2 after a year off. As a solo PC player, what are your current best ways to find and group up with others? DestinyLFG.net, DestinyLFG.com. You can sub here and use our LFG and clan system in the Discord. Um, Space Games. What do you think of Bungie's philosophy of map design? I know that most of the maps were designed for 4v4 originally, initially, but only a few of them were decent, even in that regard. It seems like the designing rectangular maps with A on one side, C on the other, B in the middle, it just creates a static respawn mechanic that really only changes if spawns are flipped. Right, and if you if you are playing control and you're well aware of that, it's a similar it's a similar it do, it's not exactly like Rift. But if you're six stacking and you understand control and you understand certain maps, it's really easy to anchor and ensure that the other team will never get out of their spawn or they'll never spawn anywhere else. There's a couple of maps where it's it's super easy to do that. Um so I would think one of the things that makes for a good map and when I watch you know some of the tournament clips I feel like the maps that they prefer to play on are maps where there's there's a lot of different approaches to one area so you have a lot of flanking options if I'm going to go over here I can take this tunnel this door or this other this other left route that's a little bit longer um the other thing that I think helps is verticality. Whenever there's verticality and players can approach from a high location, that's an automatic destabilization of somebody just staring at a choke point. Because if I'm staring at this lane and you can come in up there, right? I have to move and, and aim at you. And you be able to you may be able to get up there and peek on me and land the first shot, even if you don't kill me. You just destabilize me. I have to hide. I have to go into hiding, blah, 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 blah. So, like, different approaches, different flanks, and verticality, I think, is one of the best ways to upset maps. So, they're always sort of, they're not so rote and so practiced of stand here, aim at this tunnel, go here, spawn trap them. They have to come through these choke points. I think good map design is probably one of the single greatest challenges in any in any PvP game. It's like, listen, balancing a gun at range, long range, mid range, close range with accuracy, reload, damage, damage drop off. There's just a lot of basic math and standards that are in place now for for that. I mean, it's not it, it isn't that difficult to say this is how fast the weapon shoots. This is how lethal this is its lethality at close range, mid range and long range. And then you just you move the player out and you test the weapon. 
I that's probably easier than map design because that's more driven by math and just like sense and like intelligence. Well, an auto rifle should be like a laser beam at 100 yards and it should two tap people. Obviously, nobody would say that, right? You're you're trying to have a a, a semblance of efficiency at different ranges and and time to kill, you know, lethality at certain ranges. So, I I think that map design is just probably more significantly harder than anything else that goes into the design of PvP games. Because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, this site has a huge advantage, we didn't consider that. Oh man, yeah, everybody's just gonna have to run through here and they're all gonna get shot in the face. It's, I don't, I don't know. Skiz19, can you please elaborate on what qualifies a map being underperforming? Love your stream, dude. Underperforming would probably be maps where it's clear that people don't like them because maybe they have a high backout rating. Um, maybe they have a higher rating of just totally... Like, if they look at a map and they say, this map has more people backing out, it has more people getting absolutely trounced, it's not, a, it's not an evenly distributed map, both with respect to the way games go and with respect to player engagement. That's what I would think they would probably be looking at. Or they could just be looking at, like, heat maps and saying, these maps are stupid. Like, everybody's just doing the same thing. There's no, there's no spice. There's no changing. Everybody's, it's, it's just, they're underperforming. They didn't really elaborate on what underperforming meant, though. Maybe they will. Uh, Slades, will Bungie fix matchmaking in the game? For example, Reckoning. I don't know what you mean by this. Um, obviously, if, if matchmaking's not working well, that could be related to a lot of things, like, a lack of player base. If you're struggling to play Reckoning, it's probably because Reckoning sucks and nobody wants to play it right now. And people are probably waiting to play it because they heard that they're going to be changing the difficulty and increasing the drop rate of the weapons. Uh, the Nightman. Lono, do you think PvP needs a better after-game report? Along with KD and damage, you should be able to see progress of active quests and triumphs and medals, etc. I liked when you could see the loot people got. I don't know about you, but there was something strangely irritating but also addicting about ending a crucible game of Iron Banner and being like, these three jack wagons all got clever dragons. You fricks! <laughs> and then you'd see one with a really good roll, and I'm like, oh, you frick! Like, you'd get, you know, you'd get mad. You'd be like, no! I, I think that that is, that is something that's missing right now. Loot dropping at the end, I, I, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. There was something about it that like, kept you in there. It's like, oh, dude, I almost, that, that guy got one, and that guy got one. My time's coming. My time's coming. I'll get one. I'll get one. Um, I think that's missing. Rusty. Bungie has previously said that Destiny, PV, Destiny's PvP is not to be taken too seriously. I don't know where they said this. I don't know if this is an accurate quote. Chat might have to help me here. What do you think of that mindset? And do you think Bungie's perspective has changed given the philosophy around D2 at launch and since then? Should they approach it like they did with Halo and take it more seriously? Um, I don't know if they said they don't think people should take it seriously. That's that's strange phrasing. Um, that's that's really really strange phrasing. Cause it's I'll be I'll be honest I'll be honest. I think maybe you're interpreting something that that's not what they meant, and here's why I don't think they said that. <laughs> you're kind of like passively insulting people that do take it seriously. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't really think people should. It should, you shouldn't take it too seriously. Hey, that's kind of a swipe, a little bit. It's not super mean, but it's also super. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
I just I don't think they said this and if they said something that you think meant this I think you're I think it's a misread um I think it's a misread of what they said I don't I don't feel like this is an accurate um accurate interpretation I don't think they would ever say we're never gonna hear him say the opposite of what you said I don't think Bungie's ever gonna come out and say yeah it's our goal for it to be taken very seriously we want to have tournaments and an esports presence I don't think you're ever going to hear them say that. I don't think that's in the cards. I don't think that's their focus or their goal. Um, It's meant to be something extra in an action MMO game. So, I would need a direct quote so we could pick it apart. So if Rusty's here and he can cook that up or or find that, we could come over it and see exactly what they said. Because I really, I really don't, I can't hear them saying this. It just, it sound as I read it, it sounded weird. And I, I mean, and I'm one of the ones that's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't take Crucible too seriously. Um, so. But that, that's not me knocking friends of mine, right? Like, I've been giving love to, you know, if Lil Sonic has a clip on Twitter, I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome, you know, and I love Lumi and all the rest of them. So it's like, I, I, I don't, um, I don't think people should take it super serious because it's just always been kind of in disarray, but I have massive respect for the people who do take it serious and are really, really skilled, even though I don't do it and I don't necessarily think it's super beneficial to try. I think you're just continuing to try to wear, <clears throat> you're trying to wear cleats on a tennis court. I just don't think it works. I just... You know, or maybe a racquetball court or a basketball court. It just doesn't work. It's like, I don't know. You can wear cleats on a basketball court. You could probably run around. You could probably be one of the best people who wear cleats on a basketball court and impress people with the fact that you're doing it. But you're still going to have a lot of slips and stumbles because it just doesn't seem to. I just don't think Destiny's Crucible is just ever in that place where it can get to that esports tournament ready feel. Um, I don't know. Tiger 2 Actual. Do you think it's likely the Mars Community Event Challenge stems from Bungie filling time after delaying launch until October uh, to test out a system we could possibly see in Shadowkeep? This is a decent This is a decent theory. I don't dislike this theory. This could be like a, hey, you know what? We're wanting to do thus and so with armor, or we're wanting to do thus and so with guns. Um, so let's test it with Escalation Protocol on a week-long challenge. We even kind of ran the numbers this morning and we're like, requiring everybody to run one nightfall, if over 700,000 people a day are playing PvE and you're only requiring like 150,000 of the one nightfall and 100,000 of the other, that's like a fraction. That is a fraction of the daily player base playing one nightfall. 150,000 is a fraction. Over the course of a week, that'll, that one will probably get done on its own. So I could think maybe people will get funneled into Escalation Protocol and want to stay there if they institute some like Armor 2.0 system or the weapons are dropping with random rolls. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the community event is going to expose something else going on or else it'll see... I, it'll just seem really weird, honestly. Like we're grinding for an ornament. We're grinding for an emblem. I don't know. The muffin incident. What? Do you think there's a place for any other mechanics in eliminations or survival? Uh, revive cards, countdown, salvage style, capture. I don't have any iteration or creative ideas for Crucible. No. The TLW Twitchcast. Do you think there will be changes to the revive mechanics in Shadowkeep? I have no idea. I thought it was free. What is the current PvP meta? I'm seeing mostly snipers, heavy, and supers. Well, I mean, that, they're in there a lot, but there's also a lot of shotgun, shoulder charge, and hand cannons as well. Um, 
This is the only thing I could find on PvP. It says, The interesting thing about the Crucible is that if you take it too seriously, you're just going to be frustrated. And it's not because the game isn't balanced or the game isn't fun or whatever. Sometimes it's the baggage you bring from other games. But, if you sort of like play it to relax and just have fun, it's a really amazing experience. Yeah, I mean... I feel like Lars is trying to softly say kind of what I just said a little bit ago. If you're trying to play Destiny's PvP and you want to like form a clan and an organization and you want to like, you want to have tournaments, as he's saying, you're going to get frustrated because you're kind of bringing over baggage in from other games, expectations from other games. It should just be you playing to kind of relax and have fun. I don't know. I, I just... I may have misquoted or misinterpreted something similar to what Lars said there. I really think he's not pushing back on the idea like, oh, don't take it too seriously. I just think he's saying like, if you're coming to Destiny with like really serious expectations that you get from other games, it just, I, it, it isn't, it isn't going to deliver that experience. It's not built for that. They have not built PvP for that. DBL check kill cam. Do you think having mod slots in armor takes away from the grinding for good rolls? Absolutely not. The spectrum of stat rolls on armor is going to be pretty significant. CTZB. What do the upcoming changes include and what do you think they will change about the balance of PvP gameplay? Go back and watch the video or read the blog post. I do not answer questions in Q&A that are a summary of the video that I just did. So it's not really fair to the listeners at home or the listeners that have already listened or watched the video or to the people that were already here. I'm not going to summarize my 10 minute video. You can go back and watch the highlight if you want that or again just go to the blog post it's his director's cut part three if you want to read that dat ginja do you think they're going to buff primaries enough to make them actually competitive against shoddies and fusions primaries are already very strong if you use a hand cannon or a pulse they're ridiculously strong if used properly um auto rifles and scouts struggle smgs i mean you got the freaking recluse for crying out loud that's that's a primary now the rest of the smgs may not be as good um i know that ogre 2 was still rocking antiope for a while there uh it's just, I, I think that the, the primaries primaries are always going to be in this place. I already kind of outlined why auto rifles are just going to always struggle. And I really feel like scouts are going to struggle forever. I don't know if scouts will ever get legs in Crucible because if you're going to play that sort of lane camp, if you're going to play that range game, there's bows, which seem to be better. And then there's people that are going to just snipe you and just get rid of you. I mean, I know you can try and start getting some flinch going, but we, and beyond that, there's just pulse rifles that just are very easy to use. So if you try and use a, a scout, there's just not a lot of way to leverage a scout. Um, I don't know. A scout versus a pulse, just, it just isn't going to happen. And as soon as somebody with a hand cannon gets a little bit closer and you're using a scout and they're using their hand cannon... Man, oh man, you better land two quick headshots and it better flinch the frick out of them because hand cannons are fast, especially if they're using like an ace of spades. I just feel like they're really quick on time to kill. In the right hands, obviously. RKO, do you think the PvP community would get offended if the pinnacle PvP weapon perks were merged into the EP weapon perk pool? Oh, you mean like taking like Magnificent Howl or... Or um, Desperado. I think Desperado should end up on a on pulses somewhere. I I don't know. I don't think anybody would care about that. I think if you took Magnificent Howl and you slapped it on EP weapons or PVE weapons, 
I don't know if people would like that. I don't know if people would like that. Auto rifles never struggled in D1. Yeah, they did. Auto rifles struggled after... Was it the first patch after six months that auto rifles got really hurt? Auto rifles were fantastic, and then the era of Thorn came in. And then we transitioned from the era of Thorn into the era of Mida, Hawksaw, and then hand cannons. Uh, and Doctrine Doctrine did live in the sun for a while, but then they nerfed Doctrine too. Um, so auto rifles were good, then bad, then Doctrine, then then bad. Like it was kind of that. Real, it wasn't like he said they never they were never they never suffered in D one. They suffered for a long time in D one actually. Wishwash with Luke Smith being an obvious World of Warcraft fan, he gave multiple references in the director's cut. Could you could could use you the D. <laughs> Could the D3 leaks of PvE PvE could patrol as something that holds water uh, and it could be on the PvP server like WoW does with the same? I mean, I don't know. This is so far out. This is such a, a giant, giant you know, look into a thousand years from now, pr- you know, uh, prediction. I don't know if they'll ever have that. I mean, it could be something that they're testing. It could be something that they're testing. Uh, Dolphan. This isn't really a PvP question. If they are reworking reload perks and instant reload, what do you think they need to do to Marksman's Dodge? It's fine. It's it's on a re it's it's not it's not constant the way that it is in a Luna Faction Rift or on a Rally Barricade. It's literally punk it's punctilier. It meaning you it's a it's a it's a one and done. It's not a it's not a persisting like reload. It is an action that reloads and then you gotta wait for it to come back. So well, well, gamble. Oh, yeah, marksman dodge. Yeah, marksman dodge is fine. I, I don't have an issue with it. It is literally, especially, especially marksman's dodge. A lot of the times in Crucible, it's probably used to dodge and not reload. I, you know, it's it's not, and it's not really an issue in PVE, the way a Luna faction rift or a rally barricade are, because those are like perpetual, and that's marksman's dodge is not. <clears throat> Evil the Wilder. Personally, I feel D1 hand cannons felt better than D2. I feel they don't have the bloom problem that D2 have. Is it just me, or do they feel the same, Lono? I, I don't... It's been too long for me to compare. Harpua. I've been grinding spare rations and reckoning lately. Yesterday was Brawler and Blackout. Gross. Uh, and I'd have to say it was just not fun. I, I stopped and kind of like gagged a little bit. <clears throat> Brawler and Blackout. Uh, you have two Smash Knights who one-shot you the entire and one-shot the entire team. Couple that with horrible matchmaking or lack thereof makes for a terrible experience. How can Bungie create or ch- uh, create challenging match-made activities that are also fun? Is it even possible? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, here's your, here's your order of things that need to happen. Step one, remove glass. Oh, wait, they already did that. Okay, okay, cool. Great, awesome. We're off to a great start. You removed glass because it was trash and terrible. Uh, step two, remove blackout. Yesterday. It's it's awful. Get rid of it. It's it's not fun. It, it, you, you, you turn an action MMO game into Heidi behind box Heidi hole. I died in the air from an ogre that wasn't even looking at me. I... I died from the back sweat of an ogre. It's awful. Okay, get rid of blackout or retune it. it it's awful. It's it's terrible. Um, number three, stop mechanics need to be completely retooled. They're awful. They're they are arguably 
dumb. They're arguably dumb. They don't make sense. Like, an ogre slaps the ground like a kid throwing a tantrum, and if I'm behind him in the air, I get flung and hurt. It is horrible. Listen, this is what happened, and this is why it needs addressed. Stomp mechanic existed in D1 as a, if you get too close to the boss, you die. Remember in Axis, if you floated too near him, you know, he's doom, and then you go flying back. And they're like, oh, I've got an idea. Let's just take that and slap it on, I don't know, every boss in existence. Because that won't get annoying at all. Let's just copy-paste that. That'll be cool, right? Wrong. It's terrible. Stomping from enemies should work if you are facing them and you are face-tanking the slam, the, the, the stomp, the punch. You take damage. A lot of it. Even get knocked back. If you're going to face tank, there's going to be a consequence. If I'm off to the left, or if I'm off to the right, or if I'm up in the air, I should not be taking significant damage. I should not be getting flung a significant distance. There's, it, like, imagine it's like a pie chart that looks like Pac-Man, okay? There's the small slice, and if you're in that small slice right in front of the boss, you're going to get hurt, and you're going to get flung back. The rest of that slice, if you're next to, behind, or above them, or in the air, you should take a significant reduced amount of damage and a significant reduced amount of physics damage. Can they do that? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's a 360 degree up, down, left, right, doesn't matter where you are. Every direction. I I just... I I don't know. You know? Do people not know pie chart unless you say Pac-Man? No, Seb. I said picture a pie chart that looks like Pac-Man, given that there's a small slice. It like it, it's it's quicker visual. People know what a pie chart is. It needs retooled. It's terrible. It ruins so many encounters. It really, really does. Uh, Valiant Titan. Hey, big bro. I love your content, and your opinions are pinnacle for me. Question is, how long do you think before D3? Yeah, uh, we've answered this a lot. There's no way it's next year. There's no way it's 2020. 2021 at the earliest. I would prefer 2022, personally. I would prefer 2022. 2021 is probably the likely. It ain't coming in 2020. I just don't. There's just. I just don't think it's possible um, to land in 2020. Kurama, uh, why do you think Bungie hasn't adopted some of the rule sets that many of the top tier players have put together during scrims and sweats for competitive play? I'll tell you why. Because that's not what they want to do. They don't want to build an eSport competitive game. No matter how many times they iterate on balance or give the competitive players a playground, whether it's 3v3 survival or they actually bring back trials... Bungie's not going to want to be like, all right, here's this, this iPhone represents Crucible. Here's Crucible. This is the product. This is everything you get in Crucible. Oh, but wait, we're going to have a tournament. Here's a totally different iPhone with totally different settings and totally different, it's totally different system. They don't want to do that. They're not going to do that. Now, they give you the ability to have, you know, private matches so that if you want to do that, you can. Um, but I, that's what I think. I think that they are not going to want to essentially tweak and re-deliver their, their product in a way that it's, that it's a different product. Because what that does is it communicates something passively. It communicates something passively. It communicates 
oh, this stuff shouldn't be in the game. This stuff's broken. This stuff's overpowered. Whatever. I mean, whatever, however, whatever phrasing you want to use. They don't want to admit that because, to a certain degree, I don't think they feel that same way about that stuff. So. Uh, Zybersword. With the 2.0 system make the game unbalanced concerning, t- concerning time to play. Those with more time will be very far ahead as opposed to those as opposed to a chance to obtain a random god tier top. <clears throat> um, the influence of these Armor 2.0 builds will obviously start to come to fruition, you know, a month in. You know, people will really start to have everything fully upgraded, all the mods unlocked, and like, you know, some really, really strong builds will come out. You'll see some videos from MTash and NCooch and all these guys. They're going to put out videos saying like, this is the strongest build if you want to do this or that or blah, blah, blah. You know, this build's nuts! This build's crazy! You can see the clickbait now. Just kidding. They don't clickbait, but you know what I'm talking about. Those guys usually give really, really good information when they have their, their build guides. You know, True Vanguard too. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, a month in, month and a half in, those videos will start cranking out because people will have enough experimental time and enough time to get the mats and the grind and to level everything up and to get good stat combinations and some good god rolls. Um, so, so, you're saying... Is this going to be more unbalanced considering time to play? I don't know if I have a problem with that. If I play more and invest more time, I would think that just sort of naturally lends itself to me having better stuff, more experience, more map awareness. You play once a week. I don't know if I like the idea of you being like, well, that's not fair. I only play once a week and these people all have better stuff than me. Yeah, you're right. They do. It's an MMO action RPG game. Play more if you want better stuff. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that's a logical comeback. I'm not trying to be, like, mean. Oh, you don't play enough scrub? Play more, get good. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's an action MMO RPG game. With, it, it's a loot-based game. PvP has a loot-based loot incentive loot driver attached to it. that's just kind of the way that it goes that seems logical to me it seems illogical to be like oh I only play once a week I should have a really quick path to the best stuff no that breaks down really really fast that's D2 year one no matter how much time you put in we all ended up with the same crap everybody had the same better devils no matter how much time you put in everybody's running around doing the same thing you know better devils Uriels and uh, Antiope Everybody's just running around with those guns. Any, you play a week, you play an hour, you play, you play every day for the rest of your life. We all have the same stuff. Um, so I just think it's a logical sort of result in a game like this. And if you've been playing Destiny for five years and you don't like that, I don't understand why you're still playing because it's been like that for a really long time. If you put in more time, you get better stuff. If you go flawless, you get adept weapons. Like that's just kind of how it has always been. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The, the, the answer to your proposed problem is a worse situation. So I don't think you're, I don't think you, you want to get it. Yeah. The Antiope was tough to get. That's true. Sorry. I don't want to misrepresent it. And that like, everybody's running around with Antiope, but Chuck Dollarhide says, I know you've addressed this in the past, but with all the changes coming up, uh, would you still like to see loadouts? We're not getting loadouts. I would like to see it, but we're not getting it. They're going towards a, you have one or two pieces, and maybe even those pieces you swap mods depending on the activity. They're going in a direction where loadouts just don't seem like a, a logical conclusion. <clears throat> the way I describe it is, if I look at 
the streams and the things they've outlined and I sort of try to mentally plot a course where they're taking us I don't think they're taking us in a direction that warrants loadouts and like planetary perks and set bonuses which is a bummer because I think it'd be really really cool but it doesn't look like they're building a system where that would get traction that would feel odd now now Destiny 3 they might do that and they might really turn it into that long end game grind that like you're going to want a full set from every from every planet. You're going to want to invest in a good set from every planet and get all that stuff unlocked. God, that's a lot. That's a lot of time for armor set perks. I don't know if they're taking us that route. It seems more like you get the absolute best rolls that you want that leads to the build that you want to build, and then you build the build that you're going to build, and then you're kind of like, that's your armor set. And you may have one or two other sets, depending on the skill trees, you know, avoid attunement versus an arc attunement or something like that. Um, you know, running arc strider versus running tether, but you still are going to be mainly maybe just shifting mods around because you have a god roll pair of gauntlets with a great stat roll. You're probably just going to swap some mods around depending on what you're doing for the team or what the if it's a strike and a certain burn is on and you're switching to arc strider instead of tether. I don't know if you're going to be like, I need a loadout. I think you're just going to kind of go to your established, really heavily invested set. And then you're going to make pivots within that set, minor pivots. This is not the answer I want to give you. (laughs) This is not the answer I want to give you. I would love it if it was like, oh no, yeah, we're we're really really going towards a loadout system. It's clear. No, he even said in the video when Deej asked him, that's like not a thing. Uh, Death Dealer, would the community? How would the community feel about the game mode that had similar to old school Halo multiplayer? Where you start off with two weapons, but there's exotic power weapons on the map the teams could fight over. I Okay, so this actually predates Halo, by the way. And you're just... I'm giving away some of my age here. But this is Quake 2, and then subsequently Quake 3. And one of the reasons that Rocket Arena became probably, I think, the single greatest engage with mode and mod in Quake 3 is because people got sick of that. Map cycles suck because once a team gets in the map cycle, you can't win. They're just running the map cycle and getting all the dope stuff. Quad damage. Galahorn. You know... Iron Banner. Uh, You know, and then people are just going to run around and grab the stuff that's strong, kill you, run around, grab the stuff that's strong, kill you. They did that in Quake, and people people that got really good at it loved it, because literally everybody else is cannon fodder. Strafe jump, hoop, hoop, strafe jump, hoop, hoop, armor, armor, quad damage, hoop, hoop, and you're just strafe jumping through the map. Old, Old school Quake heads know what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh! And it, it, that's that's why that's why Rocket Arena was so popular. Round based. Everybody has all the weapons and health and armor. Start out. Skill. Work together. Strategize. Control the map. Hit your shots, kid. That that was preferred. And so when you look at Destiny, you would do the same thing. People would just get insanely fast forward momentum titan builds. They'd be skating around the map and they would hit those markers first, those weapons first, kill you and keep doing it. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that would fit in, in, in this game. And I think traditionally that style has gone away for a reason. 
because it really, really narrows the engagement for anybody who's not running the map. As soon as you're running the map cycle, I, you're winning because you're running the map cycle, not necessarily because you're better. I'm not knocking people who are gods of Quake, by the way. It's... Are you really better than the other team because you got the jump, that initial jump, those first 30 seconds, those first 60 seconds, and then for the rest of the game, you're killing people with stronger weapons, and in Quake, you were killing people with stronger weapons and more health and armor. It was ridiculous. It was like Godzilla smacking bunnies around. It was it was unbelievable. Here he comes, quad damage on a rocket launcher and tons of armor, and I just spawned with the machine gun. Dead. I mean, I... You can easily, easily turn the, the any any arena style game mode into what was what was loved, but then eventually sort of criticized and seen as imperfect, and led to Rocket Arena. Um, so, Brock Kelly, do you think there's a reason against doing a Rumble Comp game mode? Sorry if you've already answered this. Just wondering if there's something missing as to why it wouldn't work well. Um. Yeah, Rumble Comp would just turn into feeding. You could just create a secondary account uh, and just matchmake with your buddy and feed him all day. I, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever do Rumble Comp for that reason. I think when Rumble isn't Comp, it's less likely for that to happen. I don't, you know what I'm saying? There's gonna be a solo queue, three v three survival though. Kid uh, King Godzu says, "Dark Zone for Destiny, free roam PvP, up the amount of players on a planet. You need new servers if you're going to do that. Probably even a new engine. I'm not against it, but it wouldn't work in the current iteration and the current systems." Amish Milkman, do you think Destiny One style mechanics for raids won't make a comeback? I feel like tokens limit what we can truly do. I have a raid wish list video that I have planned, a raid wish list. And at the top of that wish list is getting rid of revive tokens because I believe revive tokens have created a universal one size fits all pain point that, as you say, it doesn't just limit what we can do. I believe it limits what Bungie can do. And I think it needs to be removed from the game permanently. I think revive tokens and the revive timer are they are literally acid on innovation, creativity and the vibrancy of raid encounters. I, I, I don't think that they're good. I think they've they have they have warmed they've worn out their welcome. I believe revive tokens have worn out their welcome. Um, I, I a lot of people see this differently than me, but taking a soft and rage totem kill the team mechanic from Golgoroth and putting it everywhere in the dadgum game, everywhere in the raid. I I don't I do not like it. Take revive tokens and put them in any of the encounters in Wrath and you just made Wrath less fun. Take revive tokens and put them anywhere in Crota or Vogue and you just made those raids less fun. That's all I need to say to prove my point. Anytime you take that mechanic and you put it outside of where it exists right now, it lowers the fun factor. Well, that's subjective, Lono. If people really like revive timers and tokens, they might like it to be in Vogue. No. No. Not. No. I'm telling you. There's so much... There's so much that happens in Vogue and Crota and Wrath with respect to being down a man. There is something magical there that has been lost. We have lost that. And I, I can go on... 
I, I can go on for an hour about the multi-layered problems and the far-reaching implications of the revive token and the revive timer system. And I know there was like a counter narrative that people tried to put out because I was talking. It was very obvious. Okay, it was it was really obvious. I talked about hero moments. I started using that phrase a lot. I started using the phrase hero moments and how revive tokens and revive timers take away hero moments. And then Last Wish came out and there was this strange, weird focus from a bunch of people talking about how they love the new raid. They felt like there were some really good hero moments. And one of the clips used to show off a hero moment was Gunny shooting uh, Callie when she was like a sliver of health. That was a clutch. I, I I don't understand how anybody can think that's even on the level of a triple cannon clutch and wrath or or a five man detonation or a four man detonation in in in, in Oryx. I I everybody's dead and you have sixty seconds to find Callie and shoot her with your primary and she dies. I'm not taking away from it. It was a cool moment. It was funny. It was awesome. Good for Gunny. Gunny gets always blamed for them failing. And Gunny, Gunny saves the day, right? But come on. Come on. It wasn't a hero moment. It, it, it pales in comparison. It pales in comparison to what we could do in D1. L- like, shorthanded victories in a lot of those fights in, in Kingsfall, not just Kingsfall, I'm sorry, all the raids, are probably some of our best memories as a community here, and I guarantee you it's some of the best memories in the Destiny raiding community. Wiping to a timer again and again and again, and oh, great. Nope, we're not going to have time to get the res. That's a wipe. Oh, come on. Like, let the team try. Let us try. I... Listen, it's so cool when these guys figure out they can, like, melee Riven to death, right? They're like, they experiment all day and they solo something or they melee Riven or they kill Riven with, uh, you know, they kill Riven with, what do they kill Riven with? That one grenade launcher, you know? And that was funny, right? That's cool because you get to see, like, creative problem solving, but it's also really, really cool and arguably maybe even more cool and more exciting to watch on-the-fly problem-solving. Shoot! He died over there. We need it. Bring it. Yeah, no. Bring it to the middle right now. Yeah, so-and-so. Go over and help him. He needs the ads to be killed. We got... And you're on-the-fly problem-solving and converging and having victory. Those moments do not happen. They almost never happen in the, in the new raid structure because of revive tokens. I'm telling you, I could rant about this till the cows come home. I do not think people realize just how horrible the mechanic is. I really don't. I don't think people realize. I just think they think, oh no, you need the entire team. The entire team should be successful. And if you die too much, you deserve to fail. Ah, that just sounds so quaint and cute, but it just doesn't. I just don't think when the when the, when the it's executed upon and it lands in the rating experience. I like I said, add the revive timer token system to any raid from D one, and it ruins it. It pulls it down. It takes how many moments would be taken from us? How many awesome moments in wrath and dude four man and five man detonations were so tense. They were so tense in Oryx. You would take those moments from us. 
Those memories dissolve. It's like, go back in time and institute it. Yeah, 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 institute it. And all those memories just fade from our brain. And we suddenly are like, yeah, that raid took extra long that day because so-and-so kept dying and we kept wiping to a timer. I just, I'm telling you, I, I don't, I just don't think people see the big picture. They see the platitude and the philosophy of, nope, everybody's got to stay alive, succeed as a team, win as a team. And it's like, cool, I, I guess we can just take that hallmark bumper sticker sentimentality and just completely run ripshot over all the experiences we had in D1. It just, I, I'm telling you, at the top of my list is get rid of that mechanic, get rid of that system. I think it's terrible. Uh, and I ranted about that too long because now we're at the 2 o'clock mark and I have to try to speed read the remaining questions. What do you think about a mini-map with the different color indications for different classes and how would that affect gameplay in the Crucible? No, we don't need that. You don't need to be told who's around the corner. Uh, synthetic. Why does Bungie seem to abandon game modes? I feel like so many game modes from Halo would work like Oddball, King of the Hill. Those game types would be easily implemented in most maps. Uh, I don't really have it. I don't really know why. I just know that like Rift, Breakthrough, Salvage, and some of the others just have not lasted and I, I don't know what it comes from maybe because it's really really hard to innovate on game modes in maps that work better for clash and control and you try to innovate on a game mode in a map like somebody asked earlier is that why is the map design it might be follow support do you think we're going to be able to pre-download Shadowkeep before it comes out like we did for a second yeah more than likely uh, Chris Mobius what do you think of the exotic that changes your critical hit spot from your head to your chest I, it changes my crit spot to my chest. You, that, you wouldn't. Why, why would you want to do that to yourself? People would just spray you with pulses and auto rifles, and you would die extra fast because uh, your hits, your hit box would be larger, but also easier to hit. Uh, the muffin incident. Do you think it would break PvP or PVE to make Whisper, Darcy, and the Queenbreaker's bow take special ammo, but stay in the heavy slot or move them to the energy slot? Why the? Why would you want to do this to those weapons? I, no. Uh, Prometheus, how do you think Bungie is going to balance around hand cannons moving forward? Spare rations can outrange Ace of Spades and the Ostringer with the right rolls as a 150. I don't think Bungie could make a better hand cannon, and therefore, it could be the only hand cannon we see in PvP until D3. Maybe just rein in damage drop-off. Um, maybe just maybe damage drop off needs to be a little bit more extreme on hand cannons. Maybe they need to more, be more of the Western gunslinger mid range and not the not the lane dominator. I don't know. <clears throat> Dmat Gaming, do you think Bungie is taking a turn to those? Uh, is taking the turn to those of us who use or actually grind? What the frick? Do you think Bungie is taking the turn to those of yous who actually grind? That sentence doesn't make sense. Or will they make? The turn back to the below... Oh, oh, oh. Are they turning toward people who actually grind? Are they going to turn back to the below average gamer who only plays four to five hours a week like vanilla? First of all, I reject the notion that somebody who only plays four to five hours a week is a below average gamer. That's a weird way to phrase it. I think they're going to continue to try to create spectrum, and I think the menagerie is a picture of that. If you play less or a ton, there's 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 stuff for you to do and stuff for you to enjoy. They're not going to kick dirt in the face or push people down the hill who can only play 10 hours a week and just embrace people who play 10 hours a day. Like, yay, you play the 10 hours a day. Oh, you, 10 hours a week? Get the frick out of here and, like, shove them back. They're not going to do that. I think they're going to try and satisfy the spectrum, the spectrum of player. Uh, because I think the spectrum of player is vitally important to the success in the future of Destiny. It appeals to casuals. It's really fun. It's really easy to hit headshots against, you know, Thrall and Cabal and everything else. 
but those that want to grind for god rolls and invest in their armor sets are going to be able to i think i think they're really trying to strike that chord so that everybody can play and enjoy all the different pieces and parts of the game so we're going to keep talking and keep debating don't go anywhere we still have some cool things coming up on the live broadcast click follow if you've enjoyed this talk that's a free way to support the stream if you're listening on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live probably catch me live right now click the link below twitch.tv slash say no to rage uh, as with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.